0: evening. If you would turn with me to Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6 and we'll be looking at verses 6 through 11. You know, in my life, and many of you can will agree with me, uh, I've played a lot of sports in my life, different type of sports, from soccer to basketball to football to baseball to uh, tennis. I wasn't very good at tennis, uh, but swim team. But, you know, the thing about sports is they teach us life skills, really, when you think about it. Uh, They teach us teamwork. They teach us cooperation. They teach us coordination. They teach us sportsmanship. Competitiveness. Confidence. Discipline. Reliability. How to socialize with people. And goal setting. How to set goals. Think about those things. You know, really, when you think about sports, and if you have ever been involved in a team, these are some things that you learn from playing ball. And, you know, that's just a few, but... I'm thankful that we have sports, and I I enjoy watching them, and I know a lot of us do too. And I I think that it's good for kids to play sports, and, and all of that is very good. One of the things that I learned the most, though, I think from playing sports, me personally, and is what I want to talk about tonight is I understood the importance of hard work. The amount of time that I would put in to playing whatever sport it was showed when I went out on the field or I went out on the court or whatever. Whatever the field, court, whatever it was. If I was lazy and I didn't practice hard, or if I didn't give it a 100%, what would happen? Well, you could see it in my actions. It would show on the field. And you know, when I think about our spiritual life and I think about our walk with God, how hard... Of a worker are we when it comes to the kingdom of God? Really. Are we lazy or a worker? Or, better yet, are we a slug or an ant? (laughs) An ant. You know that little bee thing? The difference, you know, in the Bible... And sports is while we learn, you know, life skills from sports, we learn spiritual skills from the Bible. So this evening, uh, for just a few minutes, I'd like to look at our spiritual walk because if we don't think about our spiritual walk and think about us and how we are in our relationship with God, then we'll never be better. We'll never be effective. And I want us to think about, are we lazy? Or are we workers? Let's look at verses 6 and 7 of Proverbs chapter 6. Go to the ant, you sluggard, Consider her ways and be wise, which having no captain or overseer or ruler. And I want to stop right there. You know, the beginning of that, it says, Go to the ant, you sluggard. And sluggard uh, means lazy. But in Proverbs, there's more ways that they use this word, and they are slug or a sloth? You know, think about a slug. How, how fast a slug moves. The thing about the Bible is it gives us such a clear understanding of things. And, and he gives us two perfect contrasts. A slug and an ant. You know... Think about an ant. Think about—you ever looked at an ant hill? I mean, them things are moving around. (laughs) They're doing things. I picking up. I mean, I've seen ants picking up sticks like this, way bigger than uh, the size of of them, and carrying it around, putting it down in the hole. And so, what I want to talk about tonight, and I want to just talk about a few things that we can learn from an ant. And what we can learn to keep us from being a sluggard, or a slug, or a sloth in our Christianity. You know, and really the only way you can stop an ant is to do what? Kill it. Really. I mean, you can... Try to deflect it and move it around. It just goes right around you. The only way that you can really stop an ant is to literally kill it. So if we, using the example of an ant, want to be a hard worker in our Christianity, we must first be self-motivated. Galatians 6 8 says, For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. When you are self motivated for the kingdom, you want to do God's will. You see, verses 6 and 7, it says, Consider her ways and be wise. Which, having no captain or overseer or ruler. The ant doesn't have a captain or a ruler, but it knows exactly what it needs to do. Think about it. No one has to motivate them to do anything. No one has to uh, motivate them to get up for worship. Nobody has to uh, motivate them to have a time where they pray. Nobody has to motivate them to uh, take time to read their Bible. And you know that an aunt doesn't really do this, but you understand what I'm saying. The ant doesn't have to be motivated to uh, do the right thing. It just does it. The ant is self-motivated. When we set our mind on being successful in something, whatever it may be, we usually will fulfill that, right? Right? We usually will uh, be successful in that, whatever it may be. But do we take that same mind frame when it comes to our spiritual relationship with God? Are you motivated to have a relationship with God? Are we motivated... To do these things in First Thessalonians five sixteen through twenty two, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Are we motivated to not quench the spirit? Are we motivated to test all things? Are we motivated to abstain from every form of evil? When we think about the ant, and we think about what that ant really... Just think about this simple lesson. But think about how much power it has for us. Because... Nobody has to tell them to do anything. They want to do it. Do we as Christians want to do God's will? Another thing, if we are going to show ourselves as a hard-working Christian, we need to plan ahead. Look at Proverbs 6, 8 again. Provides herself, provides her supplies in the summer, and gathers her food in the harvest. We see the ant understands that she provides her supplies in the summer and she gathers in the harvest. The ant doesn't wait until the last minute, the ant is prepared. Ready for action. Proverbs 21.5 says, The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty, but those of everyone who is hasty surely to poverty. Proverbs 14.8 says, The wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way, But the folly of fools is deceit. We as Christians, when we want to get serious about our spiritual growth and want to be a hard worker, we need to plan ahead. What do you mean by plan ahead? We need to plan ahead for the good times. We need to plan ahead for the bad times. We need a plan ahead for the times where we're waiting for whether it's going to be a good time or a bad time. And we do that by this verse right here, Romans 12, 2. It says, and we know this, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind." that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When you plan ahead in your Christian walk, you're renewing your mind. Think about it. Okay, I'm going to have to make a tough decision, and if I do it this way, what's going to happen? If I do it this way, what's going to happen? If I make this decision, will it affect my Christianity? If I make this decision, will it affect me uh, as being an example for Jesus? That's planning ahead. Because I don't want to make a decision that's going to cost my ability to be effective to somebody for Jesus. I don't want to cause my family to be put in a situation where they would uh, be turned away from God or my kids. If I want to spend time with my kids more, what do I need to do to do those things? What can I think of and plan time for me to be with them? or your wife or your husband we plan ahead but when we plan ahead we use God's word for our guide i love this proverbs it's proverbs 16:9 and it says the heart of man plans His way. But the Lord establishes His steps. That's awesome. You know, I want to be planning ahead. I want to be thinking about uh, my life and how I'm going to go and the path I'm going to take and the things I'm going to do. But I have to make sure that I'm letting God establish my steps. Why? So I can be boring? (laughs) So I can just live this boring life? No. So it can be perfect. So it can be straight. So it can be the most... I'll have the most success when I do it that way. But a lot of the times, and I fall victim to this, I'm a slug in, I guess, in this uh, category. I want to be the planner. What about you? Are you a slug or are you an ant? <laughs> a little bee ant, man. Did God? I don't know. I'm just thinking. Did God really? What did God make an ant for? Did God make the ant so we could look at that ant and and and, and live our life right? I don't know. I guess for a little bit of a purpose, He did. I'm sure he has another purpose for whatever he's doing, but one of those purposes of a little bitty aunt was for us, big old us, to look at him. Look at her, as how he says it. And, and see how to live our life. Number three, if we are going to show ourselves as a hard-working Christian, not only do we have to be motivated. Not only do we have to be planning, but the most important thing, we have to realize what's the mission. Matthew 28, 18-20. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations... Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Just like we learn from the ant, her mission is to get the job done. Nothing's going to sway that little bitty ant from doing what it needs to do to get the job done. She's focused on the survival. She's focused on her survival. If she doesn't want to do it, if she doesn't prepare herself to do it, then what happens? The job don't get done. I mean, I think about that at my house. I've started about 30 projects. (laughs) And like 28 are still left. I mean, I'm a slug in that category. I'll raise my hand and be the first to admit it. But I don't want to be. But you know, those things can wait in comparison to the kingdom... To what it's really about. It's really about people that are hurting. It's really about people that are struggling to make it, that have no hope. (laughs) You ever met somebody like that? that doesn't understand what it means to be a Christian, who who don't really understand who Jesus Christ is. Hmm. If we're self-motivated and we're planning ahead, then when we focus on the mission, we're set up for success. Just like the aunt. She is going to get the job done. You know, I remember when I was, I don't even know what grade, I was young. And every day I'd come home from school. And as soon as I got home, I would uh, practice basketball. And I had in my mind that I was going to be the best rebounder. And so I'd work on boxing out. Nobody would be there, but I'd pretend like it. I wanted to be the best passer, I'd pass on my garage door, and I wanted to be the best scorer, and I'd do right hand layups, left hand layups, jump shots, free throws, I wanted to be the best, and in my mind, that's all I could think about, was doing that all the time when it was cold, when it was hot, that's what I was out there doing. I was on a mission. I was, I was motivated. I was thinking ahead. I thought, boy, I'm going to be in the pros doing this. And I was on a mission. I was focused on doing it, being successful. Brothers and sisters, we at Fountainhead... can focus our attention on being the hardest working Christian that we can be, just think of what will happen. Seriously. We're not going to affect just some people. We're going to affect a lot of people. Our lives will be so productive because we lose sight of the pleasures of the world and start seeking the pleasures of the kingdom and winning souls for Christ getting people to go to heaven huh and then you can say, Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the Gospel. Not because I just know it's true. Because I'm seeing people changed by it. People's lives are turning from bad to good. Not wanting to do the wrong thing, but wanting to do the right thing. And never understanding that they had the ability to do it. So think about your life. Are you a slug or an ant? I want to close with verses 9 and 11 of Proverbs 6. And I want you to think about this. He's talking to a, about a sluggard, somebody who's lazy. And, and I've talked about this in, in the high school class too. I hope they remember this verse, these verses. It says, How long will you slumber, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall your poverty come on you like a prowler. And your need like an armed man. If you're a sluggard in your Christianity, if you're a sluggard in your walk with Christ, when will you rise from your sleep? I encourage you to think about the mission. Have you lost the motivation, like we talked about this morning? Have you lost your motivation to be effective in the kingdom? Have you never really started to be effective in the kingdom? Little steps, it doesn't have to be big huge steps. Just being nice to somebody, going out of your way to talk to somebody. Seeking opportunities to be nice to somebody. You may be here and you are a hard fighting soldier on the battlefield. Thank you. What an encouragement. That's awesome. I encourage you to keep doing what you're doing. You know, all the sporting events that I've ever been in, I've been a part of, and I'm not bragging on myself, because here I am preaching, I ain't in the NBA. I've been in all-star games. I've been in championship games. I've gotten most valuable players of, of tournaments. I trade all that in. I'd trade all that in to see one person understand the truth and me be a part of it. Does it make you emotional to think about souls? You know, you think about life and we're talking about sports and you think about it being a game. We're playing in a game and guess what? Some people are going to (coughs) lose. That we know. People that we know will lose and will never get to see the glory of God. So I want to ask you and I want to encourage you for this week. It's an easy one to remember, I hope. Are you a slug or an ant? I hate to admit it, and and I want you to pray for me. I'll be the first one to ask for the prayers tonight. I'm a slug in, in some of my walk with Christ. I'm not going to be ashamed to admit it. I don't want to be, but I am. Sometimes I'm not as motivated as I should be, but I want to be. Sometimes I don't plan ahead, as I said earlier, but I want to. And sometimes I think, you know what, that person would never obey the gospel. Why would I even try? Shame on me. A little bitty old ant brings reality to me to understand the importance of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the gift that we truly have as Christians, as brethren. And if you're here tonight and you are outside of the body of Christ, let me tell you something. The most important thing that you'll ever hear, Ephesians 1 3 tells us that, I'm sorry. Ephesians 1 3 tells us that all spiritual blessings are in Christ. Why am I crying? Because you know what? I'm I'm thinking about two people. I'm thinking about two people that I had a chance to talk to, but didn't. But if you're here tonight and you ain't a Christian, let me tell you something. If you are not in Christ... This is how serious it is. If you are not in Christ, you're not going to go to heaven. I don't care if you think that you just got to believe. That's not what the Bible says. It says all spiritual blessings come in Christ. And if you are outside of the body of Christ, you don't make it. But you can get in the body of Christ. There's hope for you. And it's by uh, having faith. And that faith comes by hearing. Listen to me if you're not a Christian. Listen to me. It comes by hearing the Word of God. And the Word of God says this, Jesus loves you so much that He died on the cross for your sins. He was willing to go do something that nobody else would do. Take on sin to make you clean. Because He loved you so much. He died, He was buried, and He rose again. And He said that if you'll repent and turn from your old ways, that you can be saved. Saved. And not only that, but if you will confess before men that you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that you can be saved. But that's not it. You can be baptized. Baptism is not an outward sign of an inward grace because you have not had your sins forgiven. A sinner's prayer does not forgive your sins. That's a great thing. Romans 10:9 says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you'll be saved. That's, that's great. But that's not what washes away your sins. Acts 22, Ananias came to Paul, he was praying. He was praying. And he told him he he had a, a, a something for him to do. God had a plan for him, but he told him, "What are you waiting on? Arise and be baptized, and wash away your sins. Baptism is what washes away your sins." And Galatians three twenty seven says, "For as many of you as were baptized into Christ." have put on Christ. That's how you get in Christ. Through the waters of baptism. But that just is the beginning. You've got to live faithful unto death. You know, I'm sorry that I got emotional, but I can't help it. Because you know what? I want to be about my Father's business. Don't you? Huh? about your father's business, and that's getting people to heaven. I had a chance to talk to somebody, don't know if i ever get to talk to them again. And it was right there to the point where I, and usually I do, but I didn't. And I regret it. But that's not going to stop me. I'm going to pray for that person, and I'm going to pray that somebody else will not be a slug and will be an ant. And will pursue it. And want to do it. Because they're motivated. And they plan for that day. Lord, I pray for the day that I can see somebody and I can talk to them about you. If you're here today and you are not a Christian, don't be scared, be strong, be bold. Be courageous. We all love you. Don't be ashamed. Come and wash your sins away. And be brand new. If you want to do that, come right now. As together we stand and sing.